Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Ken. Well, I got to watch that Nancy Drew show to find out what happens, Kellen. Keep playing that ad. Mystery is afoot. It's going to roll me in. Okay. First intermission. Well, pardon me, second period just started. Seattle just and Dallas, started. no score in uh, Game 7. We'll keep an eye on that one for you. The Oilers, of course, are out. We got an Elks game on 6.30, Chet. Monday, one week from today, 12.30 for the countdown to kickoff game at 2. Preseason action, Elks at Stampeders. All right, so we're having some fun giving away these Inside Sports canned ham T-shirts, which we'll give away periodically. The trivia question is, in the 2017 playoffs... Leon Dreisaitl was the Oilers' leading scorer in the postseason. Who was second? Who was the Oilers' second leading scorer in the 2017 playoffs? 780-496-0063 to get a uh, canned ham T-shirt. Uh, Tim is up first. Tim, how are you? Hey, great, Reed. Do you know the answer? Uh, hey, let's try Mark Letestu. God, I love that you got that, Tim. That's right. Awesome. Now, did you know that, or did you think uh, Reed's probably asking because he covered Mark in Junior B? (laughs) (laughs) All of the above. (laughs) All of the above. So what do you think now that the team's out? How are you feeling? You know what? Uh, It was a a good run. Um, We're a couple pieces away, but just stay positive. You know, if Skinner wins a game in the playoffs for us or um you know maybe some of the complimentary supplementary forwards are healthy and can chip in it's it's a different situation but i think our team is right there okay tim stay on the line kellen's gonna take down your info and you can come to the station when you want and pick up the shirt okay awesome all right that's tim at 780-496-0063 2017 playoffs dry sidle 16 points in 13 games Letestu, 11-13. He had four points in that Game 6 blowout over Anaheim, and McDavid had uh, nine points in 13 games. So, anyway, flashing back six years. 780-496-0063. Hope you're doing well. Got a bunch of messages to catch up on. I think Kellen's taking down Tim's info. Uh, I'll get to a couple I got. Kerry writes in. This is an email to insidesports at 630chat.com. Gary says, hi, Reed. Nurse and CeCe had some good games, but were beaten too often for a top pairing. Also, I know Ekholm's arrival has been positive overall, but I think we saw some cracks in his game going up against Vegas night after night. Vinny and Broberg weren't quite weren't quite ready for the big stage. Bouchard and Kulak were the biggest positives on the back end. Hopefully Holland will add another Ekholm type. That is from Kerry. Uh, yeah, I think most of that is fair. Um there were definitely, uh, which game was it? The one the Oilers lost really bad at home, 5-1. I thought that was a tough night for Nurse, CC, Ekholm, and Bouchard, quite frankly. So when you have your top four guys and none of them are, I mean, you need at least one of the pairings to play somewhat like a top pairing. They they didn't that night. Kulak had a good playoff. Um, Dayarnay had some tough moments. Uh, I thought Broberg was good at times when he got to play. Sometimes he didn't play a lot. Yeah, could they use some more experience on the back end? Look, Ekholm was a great addition. I love, now the Leafs are out as well. I, I love that they got Luke Shen. There was a point during the season when I, when I hoped the Oilers would go and get Shen simply because he was affordable. But Ekholm's good. Uh, but 
Yeah, I mean, the, the Oilers were tested by Vegas. They were a very good team. And at times, they made the Oilers' four best defensemen look, uh, look ordinary or even below average. But as one caller said earlier, the problem for the Oilers when it comes to defending and preventing goals is not just the defensemen, not just the goaltender, it's team defense. And uh, that's something that still has to be worked on. Maria says, uh, hi, Reed. still disgusted. Petrangelo was in that game last night. Not why the Oilers lost, but it was gross that he could come back and play after trying to break Dreisaitl's arm. Given how quiet Leon was in the last two games, I can't help but wonder if that slash did indeed cause an injury. That is from Maria. Yeah, that dis- that suspension is going to be debated. We talked a lot about it uh, on this show the day it happened. Well, actually, the news came down just as the show started. I don't remember what day that was. Maybe Thursday or when were the games? I think Thursday. Anyway, um, I, I, I mentioned I talked to a couple former NHLers today, and they both said, and you, you saw the video if you were watching last night, I mean, Bukestad made kind of that slashing motion towards Petrangelo. Dreisaitl fainted like he was going to slash Petrangelo. And both these gentlemen said to me today that when they saw the Oilers doing that, they thought, uh-oh, Petrangelo and Vegas have them right where they want them. They, they thought that that was proof maybe Vegas was in the Oilers' head a little bit. They said, you got to put that behind you. They said if they were Petrangelo, they would have loved that. They would have loved that, that they're thinking about me. Maybe they're coming after me. And, I mean, look, Petrangelo was playing the game with that clip he gave a couple days ago. Basically, oh, they're picking on me. He wants them to, yeah, come pick on me. Come run me. I'll take a little bit of a flop, go down easy, and uh, we get a power play. It's all part of the gamesmanship. Kellen, what do you have? Oh, let's flip back and see what we've got here. We've got one from DJ that's a little wordy, but I will try to make it as quick as possible. Yeah, get here. to that one, and then we'll get to Frank and Scott on the line. Excellent. Sounds good. Reed, uh, the turning point of this series, in my opinion, was game free when Brassois got injured and Aiden Hale came in. The Oilers should have been licking chops at that point and should have fired every puck possible at him, but there was no push, no killer instinct at all. In fact, guys like Dreisaitl and others were passing off on odd man rushes instead of just blasting it, but the passive approach let Hill get comfortable, and ultimately he was the better of the two goalies the rest of the series. Had the Oilers won game three, this series would have been over in five. That's from DJ. You know, when you got a job like mine, you talk a lot. (laughs) Sometimes it's stuff you plan, sometimes it's stuff that you just think of or you react to a call or a text like that. I did say after that game, that I wonder if now, big picture, Vegas has the better goalie in net. Mm. In in a seven-game series, who would you sooner have, Aiden Hill or Laurent Brossois? I mean, neither guy is a sexy pick. They're both depth guys for Vegas. Um, I, I mean, if it was me, I would have taken Hill. Nothing against Brossois. They're, they're both career backups. Hill is younger. But that was that DJ. He also made a good point. Yeah. And this is something that often gets talked about with the Oilers. Do they pass up too many shots? You know, do they do they try to score the fancy goal as opposed to getting some other things going? I think that's why McLeod, Fogel, and Ryan had a fairly good playoff is because they played in straight lines and they played simple. They hit the red line, they shot it in, they skated. That goal they scored last night, pretty simple. McLeod wins a race behind the net. Drops it to Ryan. He centers it. There's the goal for Fogel. That's a very simple play because they played in straight lines and they and they put the work in and they weren't looking for anything too fancy. We got Frank on the line as well. Hi, Frank. 
Hey, Reed. Saw you on TV. Got to agree with uh, Mr. Layton. You might have a secondary career there. It was a good analysis. Okay, well, first um, of all, I used to be a television sports ankle, uh, anchor, and uh, I was too ugly to get a job anywhere. <laughs> yeah, but ugly means knowledgeable, doesn't it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I watched the series and uh, listened to, uh, on on uh, on the radio as well. I loved your analysis with uh, Rob Brown. I I don't know. I think we've talked about it during the season about uh, when do the teams, at what point in the season do the teams start preparing for the playoffs? And you know, there's been a lot made of how the Oilers uh, took on uh, the crack. I mean, sorry, the the Knights during the year and and outdid them and. You got to wonder sometimes if the coach isn't playing some games in terms of, I think the term they use is when they play vanilla, so that they're not showing. Yeah, they don't show the scheme they really want to use in the postseason. Yeah, especially for things like uh, penalty kill and and maybe their forechecking system. And so my analysis is, yeah, we've got the players. But I think we got to be smarter in terms of preparation. My last point is that, and I heard this in a number of, uh, of, of sportscasters talking about it, was that uh, Vegas rolled four lines. Yeah. And sometimes if that line came up against the other team's top line, they still let those players on the ice. And I'm thinking maybe that's the coach's way of – Breeding a little confidence in those boys, especially during the you know the season, but in the playoffs, imagine uh, what do you mean? You want me to go up against uh, McDavid and Drysaitel? Yeah, yeah, you get out there, do the job, remember the process. I think it breeds a certain kind of confidence, and it also maybe gets them to buy into that coach's system on how to beat the team because most coaches are pretty sophisticated these days and can figure out how to. You know, either beat a team or stop a certain player, and it was pretty evident against the Oilers. You you stopped the two big guys, and you know the supporting uh, cast just didn't come through, unfortunately. And uh, that's what happened, in my opinion, anyway. Frank, appreciate it. Thank you for the call. Certainty Hotline, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty Pro all the way. We have Scott calling in as well. Hello, Scott. Go ahead, please. Hi. How are you? Pretty good. Good. Hey, I was going to just mention relative to what the discussion on goaltending was before. Uh, you know, having played hockey and when you, you get emotional about it, what I like when Campbell came in is it seemed like, you know, maybe he doesn't always have the the uh, fluidity or the A game, but he just seems like he could battle through the difficulties. And that's why, uh, as, as I look, reflect on the series, I, I kind of had wished he got either game, game five with the notion that, okay, okay, we blew that one, you come back with Skinner in game six, and then whatever happens from there, you know, you you went with some intuition or just gave the guy a chance. That, that was kind of my perspective. Yeah, well, I mean, that's going to be – thanks for that. That's going to be much debated. Um, i, I got to read a, a, a message I got from Jackson, the total flip side of the coin. He says, no way I wanted to see Campbell start a game. It would have been 3 nothing, 10 minutes in for the other team. He was fine in relief because there was nothing to lose. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're not the guy or you're going in when your team's already behind, it's it's a little lighter to play. Could have Campbell handled the start? I guess we'll never know. Again, I I mean, I would have started Campbell in game five against the Kings, and Woody didn't do that, and it, and it worked out. Did we reach the point in this series where now a lot of people are saying, man, you, you had to give Skinner a night off at some point? And, and maybe that would have been game four, right? 
because uh, what were the scores? Game three was 5-1 for Vegas. The Oilers did come back and win 4-1 in, in game four, and Skinner stopped 25 out of 26 that game. He, Skinner just couldn't put two back-to-back, right? And that ultimately was uh, how the Oilers looked in this series too. Paul, go ahead, Paul. Hey, Reid, how are you? Pretty good. Hey, um, I'm, I'm going to take it and look at uh, last year and uh, the, the series between the Calgary Flames and the Oilers. And I don't know if you remember, but uh, the first game, Calgary basically handed it to Edmonton. I don't remember what the final nine score six. was. 9-6. It was 9-6. Nine nine six. Six. Yep. <laughs> and the second game, uh, Evander Kane went to uh, Chucky and literally put him up against the glass and threatened him. Like, I, it, was, it was obvious. They showed it on highlights all the time. But Edmonton exerted their will against Calgary, and especially on uh, Kachuk. And if I take a look at this game between Vegas and Edmonton, when Petriangelo two-handed slash dry saddle, I knew immediately that was the game. Vegas was going to win because it, they flexed their intimidation against the Oilers, and you could see it. Edmonton, in the first two games, they were throwing their weight around. They were doing things. They were getting in the grill of, of the Vegas Gold Knights. And then that happened, and it completely changed the, the, the makeup of the team. Um, and I think that Edmund, part of uh, Edmonton's identity was the fact that we had guys like Kane and Costin that could actually go out there and kind of exert that don't mess with us attitude, like you said. Um, but when, when they get hurt or there's, there's not another man that can step up besides those two guys. So you're talking about the, the, you heard my, my miserable bastard idea before? I, I, I did, and, and I do agree with that. I, I think that there, we need a, a couple more people because if you lose Kane, who is our, uh, you know, a broken finger or whatever, yeah. he's still not 100% with his wrist injury. I don't care what anybody says. that. That takes a long time to get better. You've you got DeHarnay, who might be able to drop the mitts and, and do what he needs to do. But after Kane, Costin, and DeHarnay, we, and Nurse, he'll do it when he has to, And I, but you can't afford to lose those guys. You can't afford to lose a, a guy like uh, a Nurse on the back end. So what I'm saying is that if I look at last year and what happened in the Calgary series and why Edmonton flipped the script so well on them, was that we intimidated them. We made them scared to mess around and do dirty things. And that's exactly what Vegas did to us. And I think that was when the game switched. And I said to, I said to my wife at the time, I said, Edmonton's going to lose because they can't play that intimidation game anymore because, A, the referees are not going to allow some of the stuff to, to get past them. Yeah. But... It, it just it seemed to me that was the case. And I, I do agree with you that we just need that one more, in Berkey's words, one more person or player that has a little bit more truculence, a little bit of that edge to just stop the other team from messing around. And I think that's all it would take. Thank you very much, Paul. It is a good goalie, so I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate that. Okay, I got to get a timeout here, here uh, but Dale, you're up next on the open line. I just got to get you to hold through the break here.
Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. All right, so I want to get to Dale here. Dale, thanks for uh, waiting there, man. Go ahead. Hey, thanks, Reed. Um, you know, you and I have had lots of talks over the last, you know, year, year and a half. And I have to disagree with most people on the fact that, you know, everyone's seeing the glass as three-quarters full. I don't know if I if I agree with that, and here's my my reasoning. If I give you the numbers one, two, three, 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 those are the amount of goals that Nick Bugstad, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, Kane, Fogle that they scored in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. No difference between them where there should be. It wasn't the fact that I think that in the Vegas series, I really think that. On a grade, the Oilers were a C. They did, other than McDavid, Drysaddle, and Bouchard, offensively, they weren't there. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about Kane being hurt, and I totally understand that. But Mark Stone was skating around like an eighty-year-old man, and right. he was still productive. Right. Okay? Um, I still see guys on this team that have been around that are so, supposed to be our core players, our top players, making mistakes that they shouldn't be making. You can't have three guys on the right side of Stuart Skinner when somebody's supposed to be on the back post and it goes over his shoulder into the crease. You can't have guys missing people that have that have a wide open net that they should be picking up. You can't have guys back check to the blue line and then stop skating and let the Vegas guy get a you know get the puck and go in and score. I just I don't know. It, it's frustrating when you watch and you see the amount of talent and you see that they I'm not saying that they aren't committing to it, but when they continue to make the same mistakes over and over and when your guys that you're supposed to have uh, be the difference makers, not just McDavid and Drysaddle, but the Hymans and the Nuges and all that, I just didn't see it. It, it wasn't one, one thing or two things. Stuart Skinner had a rough series, totally agree. But as a whole, this team wasn't even close to where they should have been. Well, they weren't detailed enough. Uh, I'll give you that. Uh, I, I will read you a text I got from Ian. He says, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a regular season star. That's the most positive thing I can say about him. I mean, there are some people down on the Nuge, who, as you know, is a pretty popular player. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- you're talking about the same goal I'm talking about. I think it was Dreisaitl, Nurse, and somebody else were all facing the corner, and Marsha shows on the one-inch line tapping in the pot. Right? That was That was well, frustrating for sure. Well, I mean, in, in, in earlier in the series, there was the one, it, it was in Edmonton, it was a three-on-three, three, and Nurse comes over from the left side, goes all the way over to CC side, they chip the puck into the middle, and I think it was Waugh that had a breakaway, and he puts it through the legs and in. Yeah, and, that, like, and Leon didn't finish back-checking on that one either, like right, you said. Yeah, right, No, you're right, like, they, they, weren't, they weren't detailed enough, and... You know, they didn't carry yeah, I, over a lot of the... Th- I think early in the series, they, they they didn't carry over some of the things they were doing against L.A., and that's what frustrates. Like, I, I think they lost this series in games one and three as much as they lost it in games five and six. Yeah, I just... You know, they... they I just... They have to... You know, you have to fight through those things. And you can... And, you know, the texter that said that Nuge is a, is a regular season player. Okay, they're valid points. But last year, he wasn't. He had a pretty good playoffs last year. He was fairly productive, more than what maybe a, a, a normal, you know, what we would expect from him in the playoffs. He played fine. I mean, Hyman struggled. 
Kane struggled. I mean, I know Hyman was banged up. I know Kane was banged up. But you got to fight through those things. Kevin Lowe played a, played a Stanley Cup final with a separated shoulder for Cup. Yeah. Hey, Dale. So, I appreciate yeah. you calling. And I know, I know you have called before and you're a good caller. But I got to do the news, okay? But check in later, please. Have a good night. Okay, that is Dale, 7804960063. Uh, we will get more on the Oilers. Uh, Dave will tell you what's going on with the green and gold as they are uh, heavy into training camp here. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chat.